and one of the things, uh, oh, good. All right. We've tracked down Kirk Bowles. We were kind of, uh, Kirk's always flexible with us. Kirk, uh, good to visit with you. What airport are you in as we speak? I am actually at Charles Schwab Field, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, I had to go through Chicago Midway Airport to get here, but uh, I have arrived, and uh, naturally uh, I drove up to the ballpark, and it was already raining. So, <laughs> if you don't have if you don't have five or six rain delays, you must not be in Omaha. Okay, so maybe they're getting it out of the way early, Matt. All right. Well, I I have to ask you how many. I was just talking about how many times Texas had been, which is just staggering. Yeah. I mean, of all the things Texas has done in athletics over the years, and you've been covering them for a lot of years, that total, which is at 37, is, this, is that right? This will be 38. This will be 38 when they start 38. tomorrow. So. 38 trips to the College World Series. When was the first one that um, that you got to cover in Omaha? Uh, what was your first World Series? That was 1975, uh, my first year on the beat, and Keith Moreland and Jim Gideon pitched for the Rangers for a minute. Uh, we're on that team, and uh, one of the, one of the best teams in school history. So that was the first uh, first. Uh, this will be my 22nd uh, time to come to Omaha, but that was memorable and one of the one of the best teams I've ever had. Man, that is uh, that's unbelievable. 22 trips to Omaha. And uh, Kirk Bowles has, uh, uh, has, has, has just continued to do this over the years. Now, what is what is, it, things have changed. The ballpark, obviously, I would say maybe even the pomp and circumstance around the ballpark. What, what are the but other than just the dimensions in, in a whole new um, a ballpark? I mean, I, I, I got to think we, we think sometimes going into this, well, this is a cavernous place. This is a bigger venue, and so you're not going to see as many home runs. Now, these things don't always come to pass. Yeah. How, do you, how do you feel about that going into this College World Series, having now seen how this ballpark plays a little bit? Well, when they moved uh, downtown from Rosenblatt Stadium up on 13th Street, uh, it was such a cavern like you described. You couldn't hit it out of here. I guarantee you, I'm not sure – you know, Mike Trout or Aaron Judge could have hit one out of here. Because I, I remember the first time I came, they would just crush balls. And I'm going, wow, that's about the 12th seat. And sometimes it wouldn't even make the warning track. So, but, you know, they've kind of, you know, neutralized the the, uh, the ball, you know, deaden the ball some. And the bats are, are different now than, you know, when LSU was winning with Gorilla Ball. And I used to hate those kind of games winning 20 to 15 you know, so it, it, it's still it's still pitcher friendly. Uh, although David Pierce, the Texas coach, he says it's more pitching neutral, but uh, it's always kind of been pitching friendly. And and you know, in essence, uh, Matt, that could hurt Texas a little bit because it's a power club. They got 127 home runs, and they only beat the record. The record was 81. So they just barely beat the record by <laughs> about fifty, you know. So uh, yeah, they're good. They they live off the long haul, and uh, you know they survived the eastern uh, East Carolina regional in Greenville, and uh, they had uh, ten home runs in three games, and seven different players hit a home run. They got like seven players with ten home runs or or more on the year. Obviously, Ivan Melendez is the big bopper. So it'll be interesting because this isn't your typical Texas team, Matt. This 
you know, it's always pitching and defense. Well, this is offense and defense. And I'm not saying pitching's an afterthought, but that's not their, their main strength this year. Is this your favorite nickname over all the years of covering uh, Texas baseball? And you've had some great nicknames in football as well, but the Hispanic Titanic, this is, do you, that pretty, do you pretty like? Well the, <laughs> pretty well qualified. Pretty well qualified, you know. They, they crank out the Celine Dion when he uh, – when he goes yard. And you know what's funny, man? He's so unassuming and humble. And until the regional, he was hitting over 400. He got up to like 421. So he's not a one-trick pony, you know? And even though he looks a little bit like Jose Canseco, and I noticed they mentioned that on one of the telecasts last week, but he's a humble guy. And then Murphy Staley, you know, he's a right fielder, second baseman, can almost play anywhere. He's got 19 home runs. He had one home run last year. So it's just been a different kind of year, a different kind of ball club, you know. They're going to try to pound you to death. You know what we thought about, like, when Brady Anderson went from about 8 to 50? <laughs> 50 or 51, exactly. Yeah, that does come to mind. That's one of the first things that come to mind, right? Second that's baseman right. aren't supposed to be hitting 50 home runs. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool, though, that he's unassuming. Kirk Bowles, uh, Austin American statesman, uh, has arrived in Omaha and is getting ready to cover these Longhorns. Now, Kirk, you I know you, you spent time on the flight studying Notre Dame, looking at these matchups. Now, of course, the rest of us are all like just, oh, my gosh, let's A&M, Oklahoma, Texas, all in the same. You know, <laughs> that, that, that part of it is so exciting. But what have you kind of discovered about Notre Dame, and and what what's Texas's approach? Do you think I was just reading one of your stories, and they were it was talking about uh, this uh, incredible you know Friday starter uh, uh, Hanson, you know for the mm-hmm. for Texas this year. How will Texas uh, approach this? Who will they have on the mound? Well, they'll go with Pete Hanson, their junior lefty, and he's not a hard thrower. He can muscle it up to 92 or 93, but he doesn't really make his living off of that. He, he's more a, got a great sinker, uh, throw a change up. He spots his fastball and has, he's a great location. You know, people say he's kind of Tom Glavin, like, you know, paint the corners. And I don't know if he's Greg Maddox where you, you paint five inches off the corner, but uh, very smooth delivery, you know, effortless uh, and always goes five or six innings. Now, his last two haven't been as good as the rest of the year, but he's won 11 games. And, you know, he's been their Friday night starter all year long. So, you know, I'll be shocked if he doesn't keep them in games. And Notre Dame's aggressive ball club. They 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 come out swinging. And so, you know, if he can get them swinging at some balls in the dirt or off the plate, you know, that might uh, play in the Texas hands. But this it's a scrappy Notre Dame team. I mean, that's what's so weird, Matt. They beat Tennessee, the number one team in every poll. Yeah. Biden, Tennessee didn't make it, and Ole Miss did, and they were the last team in the NCAA uh, 64-team field. How about that? You know, that's that's one of the reasons I love college baseball. You know, yeah. now, UConn beat Stanford 13-12 to the first game of their Super Regional before losing the next two. So, And then the Aggies, look at the Aggies. They didn't make the NCAA tournament last year. Didn't even get in the tournament and hired Jim Schlossnagel, who I know you know well and, and had him yeah. on your your show uh, at one point. And, uh, yeah, he's he turned it around in one year. They, they brought in 
I talked to Schlossnagel this week, Matt. They brought in eleven transfers in a month, and, and now they got they got a couple left-handed hitters. I mean, pitchers from Stanford and Texas yeah. Tech. Their catcher came from Oregon State. Their best hitter from Arizona State, and another one from UTSA. So he rebuilt that team literally overnight, and then uh, for them to to get in Omaha for the first time since 2017, Jim Schlossnagel's got. More wins in his history than A&M does. A&M's got two wins up here, and Schlossnagel's got 11. I think that wow. was a good hire? Pretty good hire. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. I mean, the only thing that was, I guess, money talks, but, you know, that guy was yep. so, you know, he's such a huge part of TCU. But yes, I guess you was. get to around 50 years old and you decide, you know, I might have one last chance yeah. to go yeah. try this somewhere else. And the money's good. I mean, Kurt, did you ever think we'd get to a point where you know what the coaches are suddenly making? Uh, I had Del Conte on with me recently. He was talking about, you know, they at Texas, they now see this as a revenue sport. They see baseball as a revenue sport. And think about all those years. Now, Baylor's not there yet. Uh, But but even some of this NCAA committee may get, at some point, you may start getting more of these full scholarships to where Baylor – is a little bit on on better standing against the Texases of the world. Um, do you do you sense that this is just going to continue this trend? Coaches getting more and maybe baseball becoming more uh, of a of a so called revenue sport. Well, I, I kidded uh, Schwarzenegger this week. I said, you know, the reason you're at College Station, you got the Jimbo Fisher treatment, you got the Jimbo contract, ten years and you know, 10 million a year. Right. And he said, similar contract, just mine doesn't have as many zeros. He said, <laughs> uh, but, but you're right, Matt, it's exploding. And, and the thing that's on the table right now is, you know, they've always had 11.7 scholarships to disperse among, you know, the traveling squads up here, 27 men, and you divide 11.7 scholarships, you know, and some guys are, you know, you get a history book or you get a, a PB and J at the cafeteria. So they're going to, they're seriously considering and probably going to pass this where the conferences can decide how many scholarships you give in each sport. And so it may go from 11.7 a year to, to 20, 25. I've heard 30 or 35 number thrown around. Wow. And, and we've got four SEC teams making up half the field up here next year. Six, if you got Texas and OU, which is pending, uh, how many? Of the, if they spend more gobs more money than anybody else, hell, we're we gonna have eight SEC teams some year. I hope we don't. I don't. I don't like that. I like where different parts of the country are represented. You know, you have a, a Stanford, you have a Notre Dame from up north, and but the teams in the south, southeast, southwest, they're the ones that care about baseball, and you're gonna see that uh, probably grow exponentially. Kurt, what did you think of the the Mitch Thompson hire at Baylor? It's a unique – college baseball is unique because you can still go hire a JUCO coach. Right. Obviously, he was a Baylor assistant for many years, but he's right. had tremendous success at MCC. So, in a sense, Baylor's trying to run it back. And you remember those Steve Smith teams were really good, both Texas oh, yeah. and Baylor with the 2005 World Series, and Texas beat them. In that yeah. World Series, I, I know you were there and remember that well. Oh, yeah. what, did, what did you What did you make of that hire? Did it surprise you at all? 
it, it surprised me just a little bit because, you know, Mac Rhodes is kind of the, the giant killer. He goes after, you know, the Dave Arandas and the, and, and Matt rules of the world and people like that. He obviously got Scott drew one of the best coaches in the country, but and, and the, to hire somebody from his backyard, but it's like you said, it's somebody they know very well. And I'm sure it has a lot of the players support, but you know, it, it's, it's a critical hire because you don't want to get left behind, you know? And like I said, once Texas know you leave, you know, Texas tech and, and TCU have been, have been coming to the powerhouses in Oklahoma state as well. Bader doesn't want to get left behind. I know he's a, he's a good baseball man and, I think he will do well, but it did surprise me just a little bit because I'm not sure it followed the the Mac Road script that he usually follows. Yeah, I I think that Sean Allen was somebody they had their eye on. You know, in these searches, you end up making people a lot of money. Yeah, if you notice mm-hmm. that Texas Always. State guy just got like a big extension. La Tech yeah. guy is going to stay, and I'm not saying that's totally who Baylor wanted. I'm just saying sometimes being in the mix get you a big raise and that kind of thing is right. Sean Allen. Is that, is that kind of a, is he someone who you could see going somewhere and, and doing really well? Yeah, I could, you know, he's been named, uh, he was a candidate for rice and Sam Houston the last couple of years. And, you know, David Pierce is really kind of confounded why he doesn't because, you know, he's been with him forever, you know, back with Tulane days and before that. So, uh, I, I think he loves having Sean Allen on his staff because uh, he does such a good job, but he doesn't quite have the profile. And, uh, you know, like Skip Johnson, take him, for example. He was the pitching coach under Augie Garrido for, I think, like eight years. And I yeah. used to tell Skip, I said, you need to raise your profile. You need to, you know, give yourself up for interviews and just kind of, uh, you know, get out there a little bit more. Because I remember Joe Castiglione, uh, called me and then said, what do you think of Skip Johnson? I said, I think the world of him. I think he's a terrific coach and probably an idiot if you don't hire him. And, you know, now here he is at, at Omaha, you know, good country guy, likes to hunt and fish, and the players usually love him and knows pitching as well as anybody. And, uh, you know, Sean Allen might be in that mode too. So I know he'll get his chance one of these years, but it's, it is yeah. a little bit uh, puzzling, I will admit. Right. By the way, Tyler Johnson just became the MCC coach. He's replacing Mitch at MCC, there the son go. of Skip Johnson. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Keep it in the family there. Oh, That's right. Man. Well, listen, um, tell everybody I said hey there. I know you're waiting on one of your statesman brethren to arrive, and hopefully right. he gets okay. And uh, Danny has a, a good run. You need the Longhorns to stick around so you can get Danny into town. But, uh, Kurt, love visiting with you. It's always fun. I have to tell you something funny. I had your uh, – I, I, I was recently texting you. And I kept thinking, gosh, it's not like Kirk. I mean, you weren't responding to me at all. Yeah. And I finally looked today, and in right. typical Mosley fashion, it was like some old work number I had. <laughs> it was like the wrong. <laughs> I, well, you know, I kept I've, thinking... I've been, we, we got we got a new building, and we moved in December. I've been there twice. <laughs> I've actually said, one of them was for a barbecue. So, yeah, don't ever call me at the office. Okay, we probably won't right. connect. Yeah, I'm glad. I was starting to feel like Kirk, and I'm like, maybe he's done with Mosley, but no. I still love you. I I tracked you you down. Well, hey, appreciate it. Have a great run there. I hope it's a long one, and I appreciate you coming on. 
I'll eat a steak on your behalf, Matt. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Take care, my friend. Bye-bye. You bet. There he goes. Kirk Bowles, uh, Austin American statesman, longtime columnist there, and he's been a great friend over the years. Uh, fun to have him on. 